Hey man. <clears throat> Guten Morgen. Let's hear what much touch has to On say. On Thanksgiving Day, Special Counsel Jack Smith and his team were not resting. They filed an urgent letter brief to the Court of Appeals panel that will be determining whether a gag order imposed on the lower trial court, the federal court in Washington, D.C., should remain in effect. And in this letter filed by Special Counsel Jack Smith's team with the Court of Appeals panel deciding this issue, Special Counsel Jack Smith's team incorporated by reference and affirmation, a declaration, if you will, filed in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case by a safety threat officer who works for Judge Ingoron in the New York State Court who put forward numerous credible threats, heinous threats, directed at the judge in the New York case, Judge Ingoron, as well as the judge's law clerk as a direct consequence of Donald Trump's behavior. I'm Ben Micellis. This is the Midas Touch Network where actual facts matter. I want to show you right now the letter brief filed by special counsel Jack Smith's team on Thanksgiving Day. And this follows a brief that was filed in the state court proceeding. There's a lot going on here. Let me just try to break it down quickly for you. There's the New York civil case taking place in a New York state court before Judge Ngoron. Judge Ngoron back on October 3rd imposed a gag order there. Donald Trump filed an emergency petition under Article 78 of New York state court proceedings to an appeals panel, the appellate division, first department in New York, saying that the gag order there was unconstitutional. In response, the New York Attorney General Solicitor office filed an opposition and then Judge Ngoron's security safety threat officer, someone who presides over and makes determinations about a threats by uh, against judges in New York filed an affirmation explaining all of the direct threats that Judge Ngoron's received and that Judge Ngoron's law clerk has received. So there's the proceeding there. In the Washington, D.C. case, in the federal proceeding, Judge Tanya Chuck imposed a gag order on Donald Trump, precluding him from threatening the special counsel's office and the special counsel's family, precluding uh, Donald Trump from engaging in threats against the judge and court staff. Donald Trump filed an appeal to the D.C. Circuit. Remember, that was argued earlier in the week. And Give me a fucking break. Just put him in jail already. Appeal panel had is, are there specific examples of actual threats that have arisen as a result of Donald Trump's conduct, or is this merely hypothetical? Break. Of course it isn't hypothetical. So what Special Counsel Jack Smith's team was able to look at, for example, the threats against Judge Ngoron and Judge Ngoron's law clerk, and bring those as additional examples, additional examples for the D.C. appellate panel in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in making their decision. There was a lengthy oral argument. We covered it here on the Midas Touch Network earlier in the week before a three-judge panel. There ultimately will be determining if the 
gag order imposed by federal judge Tanya Chutkin um, is constitutional and appropriate. My prediction is that they may narrow the gag order slightly, but they are going to, I think, keep some variation and version of the gag order. Here's the letter. Special counsel Jack Smith's team on Thanksgiving Day. The government submits this letter pursuant to the federal rules of appellate procedure, Rule 28J, to notify the court of a document filed on November 22nd, 2023, in connection with the appeal of a gag order imposed in New York v. Trump, the case number which was referenced in the party's briefing, and arises out of an incident that the district court discussed at the October 16, 2023 hearing. Specifically, the government refers the court to Exhibit E, the attached affidavit, which is a sworn affirmation by an employee of the New York State Unified Court System assigned to the Judicial Threats Assessment Unit discussing defendant Donald Trump's October 3rd, 2023 social media post, which resulted in, quote, hundreds of threatening, harassing voicemail messages that have been transcribed into over 275 single-space pages. Because the parties referenced this matter in their briefs and the court inquired at oral argument about evidence of ongoing threats and harassment, the government respectfully submits Exhibit E and the related documents for completeness as supplemental authority. So as we go to Exhibit E, which is on page 25 and 26, you will see from the judicial threat officer how severe, how serious these threats are right here. Here's what the judicial officer says. The name is Charles Holland, who's employed by the New York State Unified Court System as a court officer captain in the Department of Public Safety who makes this affirmation in opposition to petitioner's request for a stay of enforcement of the limited gag order. In other words, opposing the effort by Donald Trump to stop the gag order. And here, this safety officer is then going to list the threats to the court, the threats to the law clerk. They describe the foundation of that their agency, the DPS, provides security service at every New York State courthouse. Once a judicial threat has been reported, court administration, local law enforcement, and court staff are notified by trained uniformed personnel that a threat exists. Prior to the commencement of the trial in the underlying matter, the judicial threats unit became aware of harassing and disparaging comments and threats made about and toward Judge Ngoran on social media. Once we conducted our assessment that found the threats credible, we contacted law enforcement, the FBI, and Homeland Security to devise appropriate security measures that would be implemented in order to protect the judge, his chambers, and his staff. On October 3rd, 2023, the threats, harassment, and disparaging comments increased exponentially and also were now being directed at the judge's law clerk. Specifically on October 3rd, Trump posted the picture of the law clerk, the law clerk's personal information, including her personal cell phone number and personal email addresses, have been compromised, resulting in daily doxing. She has been subjected on a daily basis to harassing and disparaging comments and anti-Semitic tropes. I have been informed by the law clerk that she has been receiving approximately 20 to 30 calls per day. 
to her personal cell phone and approximately 30 to 50 message per day on combined sites of social media, LinkedIn, and personal email addresses. And then it goes on to talk about how the following are just some examples of the types of voice messages that Justice Ngoron's chambers receive. And I'm, I'm, it's so horrific, I'm not going to read all of these examples. It's all cursing, anti-Semitic slurs, death threats over and over again. And as it's stated in the affirmation, could fill over 275 pages of single-space transcripts of the amount of threats. Jack Smith is telling the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, look, this is what the consequence is. This is not some hyperbolic, this is not some uh, theoretical, hypothetical whatever you want to say this is real this is present people are going to get killed because of this maniac donald trump and his conduct and here are discrete examples we are showing you about the types of death threats that are taking place in new york action must be taken now to protect the safety of the court to preserve the integrity of the judicial process and we need to make sure we take steps or someone's going to get killed court of appeals judge that's what's going to go down and you need to take action right now so jack smith's team filing this on thanksgiving that's how urgent it was um and when we're dealing with life and death matters that's the level of urgency it deserves i'm ben micellas from the midas touch network and subscribe we're on our way to two million subscribers thanks to your support check us out at patreon.com at midas touch we are unapologetically pro-democracy and we demand justice and accountability that's why we're spreading our message to convict 45 that's right gear up right now with your convict 45 t's and pins at store.midastouch.com that's store don't need no Instagram. She just uses Instagram. Diaper on employee lets it slip during testimony. This is Michael Popak, legal AF all. Poor Jeff McConney, the controller for the Trump Organization. He's six foot four. He weighs about 250 pounds, but he started to cry on the stand during the civil fraud case week seven because the pressure just got to him. Who is Jeff McConney? Why is he crying? And through the tears, did he just reveal inadvertently that there's another potential federal investigation criminal of donald trump i'll break it all down for you right here on this hot take only on the midas touch network who's jeff mcconney why do we care about him what's he doing up on the stand and why is he crying first of all jeff mcconney has a long history as one of the money men for donald trump having worked at the trump organization for more than 30 years as the controller used to be called back in the day the comptroller but the controller reports the chief financial officer responsible for certain controls and other financial reporting for the organization a control officer a person who's supposed to be a fiduciary 
uh, and a person who has responsibilities under New York law to make sure that fraud doesn't happen in the company. We have a persistent fraud case going on, week seven, New York Attorney General style in front of Judge Engoron, and now it's time for the defense to put on their case. New York Attorney General put on 25 witnesses and lots of evidence, and now we're trying to get to the bottom of what is the defense. Jeff McConney plays an interesting role because he was forced to cooperate with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, the state prosecutor, in their case successful against Donald Trump and the Trump Organization for tax evasion last year. 17-count tax evasion felony proven in front of a jury in New York, Jeff McConney given immunity so he didn't have to go to jail like his boss, Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer for 50 plus years for the Trump organization. So remember those names, Weisselberg and McConney. The biggest difference is McConney's like six foot four, 250 pounds. Looks like he played football back in the day. And which is the one that broke down on the stand and needed a tissue to be handed to him by a court personnel? Jeff McConney. And during it, because he was so stressed by all of this and he had to quit his job. This was his testimony. When, when Mr. Suarez, the lawyer for Mr. Trump, uh, asked him a question about why you don't work at the Trump organization anymore, he... Oh, Shed a tear, that single tear came down, rolling down his face. He said, can't take it anymore. All the investigations, all the subpoenas, all of the trials, all of the testimony, all the challenges uh, where I have to defend our hard work. I don't want to do it anymore. Oh, poor Jeff McConney. Maybe you shouldn't participate in a persistently fraudulent uh, business organization and you won't have to sit in the box and give testimony or proffered statements to prosecutors or attorney generals or uh, or the New York attorney general. But during that testimony, he reeled off a whole list of uh, investigations that he's been on the receiving end of, on the business end of that stick. And one of them was the Southern District of New York, which is the Manhattan, uh, which is the uh, Southern District of New York attorney generals, uh, sorry, U.S. U.S. Attorney's Office, I'll get it right, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York, you know, that's the that's the uh, prosecutorial agency under the Department of Justice that at one time, back in the day, was headed by, wait for it, Rudy Giuliani, that same place, <laughs> right? He <laughs> says he got a subpoena from that. Now, it's unclear. We know there were subpoenas that went out back in the day when Donald Trump was still in office against Michael Cohen, a fellow podcaster here on the Midas Touch Network. He could have been referring to that, but we're not sure. And the Southern District of New York wouldn't give comment. So it's either he's he's misremembering or remembering the Cohen investigation and his role there, although there was no reported role of Jeff McCarty related to that. Or there is a new Southern District of New York investigation. <laughs> and McConnie just blew it by revealing it on the stand. <laughs> McConnie was this close. And for those that are listening to me and not watching, my fingers are very almost touching together. He was this close to getting indicted for tax fraud himself in the, by the Manhattan District Attorney. He avoided it and got immunity, but was forced to testify against his organization. He didn't cry there, maybe because he had to wear a mask during COVID. He didn't cry that one. Uh, he testified, saved his skin, saved his butt, didn't go to jail because his boss did. Alan Weisenberg had, was forced to testify, but because he refused to to, um, to cooperate, he had to go to jail for five and a half months at Rikers Island, of all places, a terrible New York, uh, New York State jail. So McConney's been 
pressured by prosecutors and investigators, state and federal, and New York Attorney General for a long, long time. And it all came crashing down during his testimony this week in the in the uh, in the seventh the seventh week of the uh, New York Attorney General civil fraud case against Donald Trump. But that's McConnie. So if you had on your bingo card for who was going to be the first one to cry, you know, crocodile tears or otherwise on the stand, and you had the six foot four linebacker looking Jeff McConnie, you'd win. Because that's who, that's who broke down. But in it, he kind of gave it up. And we're going to have to continue to follow. Is the Southern District of New York, federal, the federal prosecutors, the feds, currently looking at Donald Trump and his business affairs? And you just have to put that on the list. So but if you're scoring at home, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, a state agency led by Alvin Bragg, is prosecuting Donald Trump in the Stormy Daniels hush money business record fraud case in New York State Court. Michael Cohen, lead witness there. You've you've got that one going on. You've got the New York Attorney General using her civil powers under Executive Law 63-12 to stop persistent fraud in the operation of a New York business. That trial, week seven, into the defense chief case in chief going on in New York. Right? You've got the criminal prosecutions of Donald Trump, but they're all related to election interference and his time in the, in the presidency and post-presidency. So the question out there now is, is there a current pending federal investigation? Tax fraud would quickly come to mind for me. Uh, and other things that relate to federal crimes that, that is being investigated that McConnie just spilled the beans on. We'll continue to follow <laughs> that. Now that he's off the stand for now, and the next the next uh, trial day is going to be Monday after Thanksgiving, only on the Midas Touch Network. We don't blow smoke or sunshine. And follow us on our curated podcast, 